Good morning, and we welcome once again to the program the superintendent of the South Ripley Community School Corporation, Rob Moorhead. Good morning to you, Rob. Good morning, Tom. Always a pleasure to be joining you on the Daily Pod. And uh, always always great to talk to you. And, uh, of course, uh, the South Ripley uh, School Board meeting uh, Monday night. And uh, he had a uh, couple of, uh, as always, uh, recognitions and presentations and uh, some pretty high-profile ones at that. Always great to start our meetings with some good news and some positive news, and we did that uh, this week. I uh, got to recognize uh, Coach Ron Pollard and our boys bowling team uh, for being the sectional champions this year. And also, not only did they qualify for the regional, Tom, but they qualified for the semi-state, and they only missed qualifying for the state tournament by 18 pens. And as Ron explained to the meeting last night, that is just uh, a, a very, very slim margin uh, that they missed qualifying for the state tournament. So Coach Pollard does a tremendous job with our bowling team. Uh, we had two bowlers also who individually advanced uh, to semi-state competition, competing as individuals. That was Eli Lining on the boys' side and Abigail Kiefer on the girls' side. Both of those advanced to the individual semi-state. So just a great season for our bowlers, and we're so fortunate uh, to have the relationship with College Bowling Center have a National Bowling Hall of Famer like Ron Pollard uh, leading our bowling program, and uh, our kids are experiencing a lot of success there. And uh, speaking of success, Tom, we were also able to recognize our girls' basketball team on winning their second straight sectional championship. That happens to be five out of six years for the Raiders to, to capture that Class 2A sectional 45 girls' basketball sectional championship. So Coach Matt McNew, uh, his assistant coaches, and the, and the Lady Raiders were at, present at the board meeting last uh, Monday night. We were able to recognize them uh, and celebrate their accomplishments as well. Uh, they won the Triple Crown this year, Tom, the Ripley County Tourney, the ORVC Championship, and the Sectional Championship. Put together an 11-game winning streak uh, in the second half of the season. Just a really successful year uh, for the Lady Raiders. All right, so a lot of great things going on there athletically. And, of course, uh, we talked about uh, Ron Pollard and the fact that uh, Pollard Bowl is the uh, home of the South Ripley uh, Raider Bowling Program. And, of course, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's quite the feat there, the uh, the triple crown for the um, South Ripley uh, Girls Basketball Program. So uh, congratulations all around to everybody involved with both of those programs. Indeed. We're very proud of the success those student-athletes had this year. And I look forward to many, many more years of that success in the future. All right. And then uh, moving down, I understand uh, a number of uh, personnel items were taken care of at Monday's meeting. Sure. And any more, uh, Tom, at, at all schools, it seems like personnel is a year-round year round thing as you have people uh, coming and going and uh, filling positions. And we had several personnel items I want to highlight for you from last night's meeting. First of all, uh, we have Phyllis Hull, who has been a high-ability coach for us. She's going to be switching over and covering an FMLA leave for one of our first-grade teachers. And along with her, uh, student teacher Alexis Wirt will be helping to fill that as well. So Phyllis Hall is a licensed teacher. Alexis will work under her leadership um, until Alexis finishes her student teaching uh, responsibilities, and then Alexis will be filling that, uh, that FMLA leave for the remainder of the school year. So we're glad to have both those ladies in those positions. Also, Patricia Kappas has been a bus driver for us, and she's going to move into a full-time position that we're calling TBG Custodial, and that stands for Transportations, Buildings, and Grounds Custodial Position. So Tricia will move to a full-time role 
where she will continue to drive a bus, and then she will also be working uh, custodial duties for us uh, to make up an eight-hour day. So we're glad to have Patricia on board in a full-time position. We are welcoming Jennifer Chandler to fill a vacant position of an instructional aide in our intensive academic classroom. And these are some of our students with the most significant academic needs, and we always need good people in there to fill those roles, and Jennifer Chandler will be stepping in uh, to one of those positions for us. And then several coaching positions to talk about, Tom. We approved uh, several coaches for the baseball staff for this coming spring season. Tom, joining our, our head baseball coach, Jeff Grivey, will be a, a group of assistants here, including Brian Smith, who will be the high school assistant coach. Tim Howard will be our freshman C-team coach. Kendall Steven will be serving as a high school volunteer assistant. And then on the junior high side, Robert Green will be the junior high coach. He's a social studies teacher's for, teacher for us at the high school. And he will have two volunteer assistants in Andy Miller and Steve Ward. So we're glad to have uh, that crew of guys aboard to uh, help with our baseball program. We did approve also last night Jessica Sell. Jessica is a new elementary teacher that we hired this year, and she is going to step in as a JV volleyball coach, uh, stepping in for Kyle Jolly, who has stepped out of the volleyball program. So we welcome Jessica as a JV volleyball coach, effective immediately. And then Michaela Dean will be joining uh, our track coaching staff. Of course, uh, Jim Cole and Karen Cole have been longtime coaches for us in our track program. Michaela Deem is going to step in as the high school assistant girls track coach. Michaela is also uh, helping with swimming this year in, in both high school and junior high swimming. And then we have Alex Young, who's going to be a high school volunteer track assistant uh, that will be helping the, the track program this spring. And then finally, Tom, we did accept a retirement request last night, and that was from longtime South Ripley Elementary teacher Ann Dickin. Ann has been with South Ripley for 38 years and uh, has announced her retirement for the end of this school year. So we thank Ann for 38 fantastic years of service at South Ripley Elementary, and uh, we're going to miss her and, and wish her nothing but the best in her retirement. All right. So as you, as always, uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's a year-round thing as far as personnel is concerned. And uh, congratulations, everybody brought on, and also uh, congratulations on the uh, retirement and so forth. So uh, as always, uh, it's always, as you said, a year-round thing when it comes to uh, personnel on the uh, at the school board. It is indeed, Tom. And got to keep, uh, got to keep positions filled and uh, and keep things moving forward. And we appreciate those that are that are stepping in. Uh, to the positions that we talked about. Indeed. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll continue our visit with South Ripley School Superintendent Rob Moorhead right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our conversation with South Ripley School Superintendent Rob Moorhead. And uh, Rob, some interesting news as far as the uh, 2022-23 preschool program. Tom, we're excited to announce that again for next school year, we're going to be offering our preschool program at no daily tuition rate for those that are able to get in uh, to the program. And the way that works, Tom, we have 20 slots available for our preschool program. 
And South Riverdale Elementary Principal Ryan Lobber will be putting out information on how those sign-ups are going to take place. We do those uh, online, uh, so that it's a fair process for everyone, and, and Ryan will be getting that information out to folks. So they should be on the lookout for that. But what we do with that, Tom, and we did it this year, we started our preschool program, I think, three years ago, and initially it was a daily rate. I want to say $20 a day uh, for the preschool program. But when we got the COVID relief funds that were, that were handed down from the federal government last year, learning loss was one of the main focuses of the spending of those dollars. And to help make up for learning loss that happened preschool, um, that happened during the pandemic shutdowns, preschool is certainly uh, an allowable expense for those dollars. And, and if we can help some of our students uh, who need that preschool to get in and get a jump start on kindergarten, uh, we feel that's excellent use of those dollars. So we'll be using our COVID relief ESSER dollars to help fund preschool uh, for next year, just like we have been doing for this year. So we're excited about that. There's no fee to attend other than a snack fee. And I think the snack fee uh, works out to be, uh, I don't know, it's around, uh, it's, not a, it's not a significant fee that, that takes place for the entire school year. So, but as far as tuition goes, no charge to attend the preschool program. And we are hoping to get those slots filled. Uh, if we do have more than 20, we will start a waiting list because sometimes uh, situations occur that we have someone who originally signed up that would not be able to attend. Uh, so we're looking forward to another year of preschool. Ashley Salyer is our preschool coordinator. She does a wonderful job uh, with those four-year-olds in preschool. So, uh, again, excited to be able to bring that program back for another year. All right. So, indeed, uh, good news on that front. And, of course, uh, also another thing, uh, an informational type item, the uh, ADM count. And this, I, I take it this is for the, uh, for the spring? You're, you're exactly right, Tom. They do two ADM counts now through the uh, Indiana Department of Education. The first one happens in the fall, uh, usually around mid-September. The second one usually happens right around February 1st. Uh, in the fall, we were at 1088. Uh, 1,088 students here this spring. We're at 1,078 students. Uh, so we went down by 10. That is not uncommon. Uh, we have a very transient uh, population, uh, about 30% transient rate we have seen over the years of students coming in and going out throughout the year. So your ADM counts are really a snapshot on a given day. And it's funny, Tom, since February 1st, I've seen four or five emails come across uh, come across my computer screen of, of new students enrolling. So if we were to take that ADM count today, it would be a different number than the 1078. But that's the way the funding works. They pick two days throughout the year, and they base your state funding on those days. And uh, so 1088 in the fall, 1078 here in the spring. We never like to see it go down, but that's not a significant drop. And uh, we study those numbers and take a look at where the drops are happening. And, again, it's just typically – uh, transiency where, where folks are moving on, uh, moving to a new school, uh, you know, actually moving residences uh, and moving into a new school district. So uh, that's where the ADM count came out for February 1st. And are there initials behind the ADM count, uh, you know, ADM, uh, because I see that, hear that all the time. And I know that's, uh, you know, of course, the, the measuring stick as far as enrollment and funding and so forth. Uh, but uh, are there, uh, does it stand for anything? ADM stands for average daily membership. So that's the, that's the count. So, you know, we have uh, attendance taken every day. Our enrollment is tracked every day. We do daily reporting to the Indiana Department of Education. So your average daily membership uh, in, in terms of how they count it for your state funding is who was present on fall count day and who was present uh, on your enrollment on the spring count day. 
All right. So that uh, now that clears it up, and uh, for me at least, and uh, I'm hopefully uh, somebody else out there that uh, hears that or sees that somewhere, and they wonder what wonder what that stands for. But now we know. We so. use a lot of it. We use a lot of initials in education, <laughs> Tom. Sometimes we have our own language, and I appreciate you asking that question to clarify. All right. Yeah. No. Uh, no. No. And I appreciate you answering it and uh, everything and uh, clearing that up for us. And uh, also, uh, you had uh, some. Three uh, rather uh, significant updates uh, toward the uh, end of the meeting. I did. I wanted to bring the board up to speed on what happened late last week uh, when the Indiana Department of Health came out uh, with a press release, and basically they have changed the requirements for how we handle COVID cases that are happening inside the schools. And they were announced last Thursday, and basically, Tom, uh, we are no longer required to contact trace uh, once there's a positive case that has been identified in the school. And that's significant because contact tracing has taken a great deal of time from our principals and from our school nurses, uh, and we were required to do that, have been, uh, since the pandemic started. And along with that, Tom, when we were doing contact tracing, any students or staff who were identified as a close contact of a positive case had been required to quarantine uh, for what started out at 10 days, uh, that ended up getting dropped a little bit back to six days. Um, but now uh, we're in a situation where we no longer have to contact trace, so we no longer have to quarantine close contact. And, Tom, that's a very, very significant development because now what we've been wanting to do and our goal all along is to keep our healthy kids in school. And now we're going to be able to keep our healthy kids present in school. The only quarantines or isolations that will happen, if you will, are those students or staff members who actually test positive for COVID. So if you test positive for COVID, you will be required to quarantine or isolate for five days, and then you can return on day six if you are fever-free and have been fever-free for 24 hours. And from our standpoint, Tom, we have been, since the beginning of the pandemic, anytime we've had a COVID-positive case, we've been sending a letter home uh, through through email to any students who were in the same classroom or riding the same bus as a positive student. Even if they weren't close contacts, we were just notifying them that there was a COVID-positive case. With these changes uh, from the Indiana Department of Health, we will no longer be sending those emails uh, home either. So things are returning a little bit more to normal uh, in that regard, and we are certainly pleased with those developments, and those developments have come around because of the significant reduction in the number of positive cases throughout the state of Indiana. Yeah, and that's pretty much what you know, State Health Commissioner Dr. Chris Box had said. It was because of the uh, the plunge in the number of cases around the state, and uh, you know, it seems to me, judging by that, it seems like uh, we're getting toward the endemic stage. We're certainly hopeful of that, Tom. It's been a long haul since March of 2020, uh, and we're hopeful that we are uh, are coming to the end of this pandemic. And yeah, the term endemic I've heard used as well, and I think the governor is uh, getting ready to. Uh, rescind or at least not renew the emergency order uh, that has been in place for quite some time. So all these things are happening kind of in concert, and and we are certainly hopeful that uh, things can continue to move in a positive direction on the pandemic front. All right, and you had uh, a couple of other items uh, for us this morning. A couple quick updates here, Tom. First of all, I want to congratulate Ron Buchanan and our archery program. We already knew, and I might have already said on our last podcast, that our elementary and junior high teams had qualified, our archery teams had qualified for the state archery shoot. But we found out just late last week that our high school team has also qualified. So for the first time in the five-year history of South Ripley archery programs, all three of our teams will be shooting at the state tournament. Uh, so there will be 240 archers in nine flights, 
So it's going to be a great, uh, great opportunity for our archers, and we're going to do a walkthrough for them at the schools on Friday, March 11th, to wish them well as they head off to state competition on Saturday, March 12th. The flight times, the high school will shoot at 7 a.m. on Saturday, March 12th, and elementary and junior high will shoot at 3.45 p.m. So, again, that's held at the Indiana State Fairgrounds and the Blue Ribbon Pavilion. And I want to congratulate Ron Buchanan, our archery program, and, and wish those archers good luck in the state meet. And then finally, Tom, we had another uh, announcement to make, and that was we were fortunate to be on the receiving end of generous donations from St. Elizabeth Healthcare and the Cincinnati Reds. And for years, St. Elizabeth and Cincinnati Reds have been donating to Northern Kentucky high schools uh, who have partnerships with them in athletic training. We now have one of those athletic uh, training partnerships with St. Elizabeth as well. So St. Elizabeth and Cincinnati Reds have donated $1,000 worth of equipment to each of our baseball and softball programs. So uh, there were many things included in those donations, Tom, Uh, softballs and baseballs, catcher's equipment, uh, catcher's mitts, uh, gently used bats, uh, all kind of great equipment, $1,000 worth for each baseball and for softball. Uh, and that's a very generous donation from St. Elizabeth and Cincinnati Reds and, and wanted to make sure that we uh, recognize that donation and made the board aware of that. We're very appreciative uh, to those organizations for helping uh, our baseball and softball programs. All right. Uh, anything else uh, before we let you get back to your day, Rob? Tom, I appreciate the time. And just one other thing I'll add, uh, I know we've been talking a lot. I've talked actually on, on previous broadcasts about our, our sign purchases that we have that are upcoming. And I want to remind folks out there that uh, those signs, uh, we hope to have them installed this summer. And, and Tom, I want to make sure folks understand how the funding for those signs happened because we, uh, we did a lot of good work to make sure we had the money available for those signs. So we're not just passing that on as additional dollars for our taxpayers. And the reason we're able to uh, get those new signs that we're going to have that are really going to dress up our, our school campuses and are really going to help us in communication and marketing our students, the money we were able to save in our roof project at the elementary school and in our HVAC project at the elementary school, we, did those pro- uh, we, we were able to complete those projects in such a fiscally responsible manner that we came in well under the budgeted dollars. And we're using those dollars that we saved to be able to purchase uh, these signs along with some money that we have been accumulating in our capital projects fund. So not only are these signs going to be fantastic additions, the South Ripley buildings, uh, our South Ripley campuses, uh, but they've been done in the most fiscally responsible manner. So uh, just want to make sure and remind folks of that. Sometimes there's misinformation that gets uh, put out there and gets thrown around. Just want people to understand that uh, our school board and our business manager and our central office, we take the finances of our district very, very seriously. Uh, We are very uh, fiscally conservative with our dollars and uh, just want our taxpayers to know that that we're able to do some of these nice, nice things uh, because of the job we've been able to do in keeping our money, uh, keeping our money close to the vest, and, and in doing a great job, uh, really saving money on these significant projects we've been doing. All right. Well, as always, uh, Rob Moorhead, Superintendent of the South Ripley Community School Corporation. We appreciate your time this morning, and uh, we will talk to you down the road. Tom, can't thank you enough for the opportunity. Always appreciate coming on and giving these updates, and uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to be a part of the Daily Pod.